Welcome to the Invictus Church Podcast. We're grateful that you've chosen to listen, and we want to invite you to join us each week as we upload new content. Our prayer each week is that those who listen in would not just be stirred or inspired, but also changed. Now, get ready for life change with this week's message from Invictus Church. Well, thank you, everybody. I appreciate the, uh, the warm welcome. Uh, as he said, this is my first time uh, being on stage here, and... Uh, it's a little bit nerve-wracking. There's a lot of new faces out there today, so <laughs> welcome to all you guys. We're glad you made it. Um, so did everybody have a good Christmas? Yes. How many of you guys had kind of a meh Christmas? Not so great? Just a couple. What about a really good Christmas? Who had a really good one? That was me. I had a great Christmas this year. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I got to spend a lot of time with my family, and uh, not too many of you guys know too much about me because I typically work with the youth, so I'm hiding with teenagers somewhere, so... Uh, my name is Jeff. I am the youth director here, and my lovely wife, Lauren, gave you some announcements earlier, and I have two kids, Max and Mila. They're hanging out in the back with our awesome kids ministry, uh, with probably some of your guys' kids. Um, I work full-time as a maintenance manager for a company called Hills Properties, and um, I do a, a lot of stuff throughout the day working with uh, you know, my hands and whatnot, so I get to enjoy just kind of standing here and talking today. Um, since 2009, I've been working with youth in one form or the other whether it was security or audio video or leading small groups, and now I get to be a youth director, which led to me getting to preach today. Um, you know, since uh, Alan's still back in Oklahoma, he's asked me to go ahead and uh, do this uh, first portion of our series called Transformed. And since Alan knows I like to talk a lot, as you can probably already tell, to keep me from babbling on and on, he gave me one of the shortest books of the Bible to teach from. So if you could open your Bibles with me to the book of Philemon or Philemon, depending on who you talk to. I don't know where Justin's at. Um, but be careful, you might miss it. It is one page. It's right before Hebrew, so you can't do that. You can't do that flip thing like this, like I like to try to do. You might run right past it. So while you're looking for, for Philemon or Philemon, let me give you a little background. <laughs> Philemon was written in a time where the church was still pretty new. It was about 30 years after Jesus had passed away. And the church was fighting against the Jews because they were afraid that Christianity was going to destroy Judaism. And they were also up against Rome since their religion at that time was considered illegal in the Roman Empire. And because of that, they would have to meet in people's homes and do house church. Now, Philemon, who the book was written to, was a wealthy man who hosted meetings like this in his home in the city of Colossae. Colossae. He said I didn't have much background, right? I'll get all these words out. Since he was a wealthy man, he was a slave owner, which was pretty standard back then, and he had a slave named Onesimus, who for whatever reason ran away from him. And after running away from uh, Philemon, he ran, to, um, he ran away to Rome, and where he ran into Paul. Paul was a missionary, and, became a, and Onesimus became a Christian himself. So Paul sends Philemon a letter asking him to not only forgive Onesimus, but to embrace him as a brother. And to think of this, it's just, it's unthinkable, it's unfathomable. You would not ask a slave owner to accept his slave as a brother. That'd be like Bengals fans asking to forgive Marvin Lewis and ask him to stick around for another 15 or 16 years. You just don't want to do it, right? So that leads us to our scripture for today, but before I throw in the scripture and we go over it, I want to put a disclaimer in there. For whatever reason, Onesimus, I could not get that name, so if I say one Simus, at any point in time, I apologize. Um, I, I just could not get that one. Onesimus, one Simus, you know, we'll get it figured out. 
All right, so Philemon or Philemon, we're going to go verses 4 through 18. I'm going to read straight through them. You guys ready? All right. I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. And I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. That is why I am boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it is the right thing for you to do. But because of your love, I prefer simply to ask you, consider this as a request from me, Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner for the sake of Christ Jesus. I appeal to you to show kindness to my child, Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Onesimus hasn't been of much use to you in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. I am sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. I wanted to keep him here with me a while I, while I am in these chains for preaching the good news, and he would have helped me on your behalf, but I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I wanted you to help because you were willing not because you were forced. It seems you lost Onesimus for a little while so that you could have him back forever. And he is no longer a slave to you. He is more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, Charge it to me. See, Onesimus had a problem. He was a slave. We don't know why he was a slave. It doesn't say. It could have been that he had a debt that he couldn't repay. It could have been that he was born a slave. Or his people could have been conquered and then he became a slave. But I think the reason that that's left out is so that we're able to relate to having a problem regardless of the cause. Now, Onesimus made his problem bigger debacle, debacle by running from it. Anybody in here ever do that? You run from a problem or avoid an issue? You guys? Yeah, there's some people with me. The rest of you are lying. <laughs> Stole that from Alan. <laughs> Have you guys ever argued with your spouse? I didn't either. <laughs> but when I do, I'm exceptionally awesome at avoiding my wife during an argument or if she's mad at me, or any type of conflict, like, I am really good at hiding. I can walk the dogs, I can go to the laundry, go to the bathroom, <laughs> guys, you understand me here, vacuum, do the dishes, do you start stuff with me to get me to do chores around the house, or what? <laughs> that just came to mind. But seriously, though, all I do is make it worse, and she gets more and more mad at me, right? Because men, let's be real, it is our fault, we did it, and we just don't want to face it, right? And hiding in the bathroom or anywhere else is never a great option. Running away from a problem is never a good option, is it? No, it makes it worse, right? All it does is cause more problems. You get more consequence out of it. See, Onesimus, for instance, could have been punished severely for running from being a slave. His bones could have been broken, he could have been burned, he could have been crushed to death, or anything else. There was no law against doing anything to a slave because at that, time, at that time, 
they were just like livestock. That's all they looked, they were looked at as. Slaves were just uh, something you owned and you could do whatever you want with it. A slave could have been crucified as a punishment just for stealing a piece of food. They were considered an object. It was no fun. Running away and irking your owner was a terrifically bad idea then, right? So running away from your problems creates more consequences. Telling a lie is kind of like that too, right? Running away. Think about a kid, that classic chocolate-faced little liar, that little kid. No, mommy, I didn't have any chocolate. It's smeared all over your face. But I didn't, but it's smeared all over your face. You guys have seen all the fun little YouTube videos, right? So telling a lie, that's like running from a problem too. And then it just makes it worse because now not only did you eat the cake, but you also lied about it, even though it's smeared all over your face. Another example, parents, you'll appreciate this one, waiting to change a diaper. The longer you let it go, the worse it gets. The more problem you're going to have with it. That mess just gets worse. It requires more cleanup, and if you take too long to deal with it, that mess can spill out all over the place and cause a complete disaster. You know, guys, what I'm talking about. You got to change the diaper. You got to use the whole pack of wipes, put on a new shirt, or if it's dad involved, the kitchen sprayer. That's what this guy would do. Now, there's many ways that we can deal with our problems, but today we're going to talk about three of them. Two of them are not such great ideas, and one of them could be a little more life-changing. The first way is to curse it. Play the victim, place blame. You know these people that I'm talking about. It's unfair. I didn't meet my deadline because Bob wouldn't leave me alone. You know, the jabber box, the guy that's always talking to everybody. You know, I couldn't get to work on time. My wife wouldn't get out of the bathroom. I had to brush my teeth, right? You know, she was spending too much. That's all her fault, right? Or Jeff wouldn't shut up so that we could pass the lunch crowd at Skyline, right? The guy just kept talking. But it's not my fault. It's his. You know, the people that curse their problems. Think about Adam and Eve. He blamed her. She blamed the snake. But they still made their own decisions, right? The blame game. That's what it is. Cursing it is like the blame game. It's not really a great option, especially considering Adam and Eve and the snake because they all got punished in the end. Another option is to nurse it. It's just who I am. I'll never be able to change. I give up, right? I can't be a better husband. It's just how I'm made. You have to deal with this. I can't be more productive at work. I can only go so fast. It's just not gonna happen, right? I can never satisfy my spouse. I'm never going to. I'll never be good enough. This is like cycles of depression and people are just nursing these problems. And they get depressed about it, sulky, and they turn into just negative people. Again, it's not really a good option, right? Or the third option, you can face it and let God reverse it. See, Onesimus was sent back to Philemon with a letter from Paul, and he had to go back and face his master. If we want to let God reverse it, then we have to go back to him, our master, and face our sins so that he can reverse it so that he can take it. See, Onesimus went back different, though. He had been transformed. Right now, we can learn a little Greek lesson. We have this new little, uh, uh-huh, new little term that we're going to learn. It's called pote de nuni. Right? I said the same thing when Alan said, this is what you're going to talk about. It's said pote de nuni. I don't know what that means. We have the first part is pote, which means it's old. It's in the old time. It's in the past or Formerly. 
The second part is denuni, which is no longer in the past, or as of now, or of now. We're going to say, but now. So formally, but now. So put together, pote denuni, did you get it that time? Pote denuni, is formerly, but now, or formerly blank, but now blank. So let's say that together. You guys got this? Pote denuni. All right, everybody's going to try this time. Pote denuni. We're going to learn about this. Onesimus was transformed, pote de nuni, in two ways. Philemon 11 says, Onesimus hasn't been of much use to us in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. He was formerly, pote, not as much use or not much use, but now, de nuni, he is useful to both of us. But why was he useful now? Well, you heard me read it, but it doesn't actually say anything in there, so I'm going to go ahead and assume that it was because he was transformed by accepting the truth that Jesus had died for him, and that made him useful. He had a different attitude at this point. It was no longer, "Eh, I'm a slave, I don't have any purpose. Now he's got a purpose. He's got to go out and tell other people about the good news. So now he's useful to everybody. The second Pote de Nuni moment is in verse 16. He is no longer a slave to you. He is more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in Christ. So formerly, or pote, a slave. And he is now de nuni. He is a man? See, you got to understand the transformation just in that part. A slave was nothing. They were dirt. You could killed him for fun. Now he's considered a man. And not just a man, he is also a brother in Christ, which makes him equal. So his transformation went from a slave, he decided he was going to run away, he accepted God, and now he's an equal to his owner. That's a whole different kind of ballgame that you're talking about. So he was pote, a useless slave, de nuni, a useful brother in Christ, who was equal Philemon would have had his formerly but now moment too. He was in the dark and then led to the light when Paul shared the good news of the gospel with him. So he also was pote denunied or transformed. He was pote lost and denuni saved. There's all these different stories of transformation in the Bible, these formerly but now moments. We can go over several of them, but we are going to talk about just Paul's real quick. See, Paul had a pote denuni moment and it was rather significant. See, he was formerly blind to the truth about Jesus, and he was persecuting Christians. Then, while on his way to Damascus to gather up Christians, he was literally blinded when the Lord placed something like scales over his eyes, and he had to be led by his hand to his destination. There, he accepted the truth that was being told by other people, that Jesus was Lord and Savior, and he regained his sight, and then he became one of the most well-known Christian figures. So he was formerly blind or blinded, but now could see. He was pote, a persecutor of Christians, and de nuni, a teacher of Christians, and the top guy at that. And he even got a new name because he was actually called Saul before, and now his name was Paul. So there's lots of these pote de nuni types of moments out there. The question is, which one are you looking for? Are you having problems with your finances? making silly decisions, just keep swiping those credit cards and no, you can't pay them, but you're looking for the pote de nuni where now you're a good steward of what you got and you're working your way out of debt? Are you that person that feels 
unloved, rejected, you've been divorced, you're hurting, you just don't think that you're ever going to be loved, you can have that pote de nuni moment and know that you are accepted, loved, and fully embraced by God. That's an option that you have. What about a victim of bad health that now is facing illness, but now you can face that illness with bold faith and you can honor God, that pote de nuni moment? Are you wanting to have that change because you're a failing parent? I know that I can struggle with that part. Let my kids spend a lot of time doing things on their own. But I would like to be that pote de nuni moment where I give my kids my time and start leading them to Jesus the right way, to spend that time with them. What about bad choices in relationships? Formerly making those bad choices in relationships, but now you're going to trust God to fulfill your life. You're going to remain pure until he separates or until he puts you in with that person. Think about that. Giving yourself away to a person piece by piece. Why don't you just give yourself away to God? Let him lead you in the right direction. Let him give you a pote de nuni kind of moment. Maybe you were abused and you're bitter about it. You could have been abused physically, sexually, verbally. There's all kinds of different abuses out there. And you could just be bitter about it. But you can have that transformation, that pote de nuni moment where you can learn to forgive, where you can give it up. You can quit holding on to that and you can start to heal. You can go from that abused, bitter person, have your pote de nuni moment, and be forgiving and begin to heal. Anybody need a pote de nuni transformation today? Anybody else out there? I've got plenty of them. See, Onesimus had to face his problems to get his pote de nuni change. He would have had to admit to Paul that he had run from Philemon. He had to admit that he broke the rules. He had to face it. And when he did, Paul did this kind of Jesus move. He, on Onesimus' behalf, Paul pleads to Philemon, his owner, and even takes it a step further. In verse 18, he says, If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. He took this debt on himself. In writing this sermon, I noticed something I thought was really cool. This little tiny book of the Bible is like a summary of the good news, right? A human rebelled and ran from his master. He found another person that he admitted his wrongdoing to. That person said, go back to your master and I will sacrifice myself for you and your wrongdoing and I will make it right for you, right? That's what Jesus does for us. He goes to the owner, the father, the creator, and he says, you charge it to me. He pays the debt himself. He takes that for you. Jesus can give you that pote de nuni moment. All you have to do is admit your problem, your sin to him, stop cursing your problems, stop nursing your problems, and let him reverse them. Quit running away from him and run to him because he's waiting. Ephesians 5.8, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. Pote, full of darkness, de nuni, you have light. Colossians 1.21-22. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. 
Hote, you were separated from him by your evil. De Nuni, you are reconciled to him through his death and resurrection. The last one. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Anyone, that's anyone in Christ, can be a new creation. Whatever your problem was before, it's in the past, formerly but now. You can change, you can be a different person. All these different things, all these different issues, you guys know what your problems are. I don't. Jesus knows what your problems are, and he's willing to take that and help you with it. He knows what your sins and transgressions are. And I looked at my wife and just lost myself. You're a pretty lady. (laughs) You know what your sin is. He knows what your sin is. Quit running from it. Don't run from it anymore. Turn to him. We're going to have a, an, an opportunity here in a moment where we can accept Jesus. And if you haven't done that, I want you to start thinking about that now. Thinking about that option that you have. Today can be your transformed day. Today can, you can have that hote de nuni moment. You can have that formerly but now moment. Let's pray. Thanks again for listening to the Invictus Church podcast. Be sure to tune in every week for more new content. We'd like to invite you to join us in person for our weekend worship services. To get more information about our meeting times and location, please visit us online at www.invictus.church. If this or any of our episodes have inspired you to take steps in your relationship with Jesus, please let us know by sending us a note at info at invictus.church. We would love to hear how our message has helped change your life. Also, if our podcast has been meaningful for you and you'd like to give financially to our ministry, you can easily make your contribution online at www.invictus.church. Thanks one more time for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week.